Well, hey friends, welcome back. So this is the second part of my story, and I'm not going to lie, recording the first part of my story was very hard. Um, I don't know if you could tell, but there was definitely moments in the podcast where I totally got choked up just reliving and sharing my story. Yeah, it brings back some, some feels for sure. And one thing that people don't talk about is that there's not an expiration date on grief. It just changes. I really don't think that there will ever be a day where I don't feel the loss and the pain of losing a child. It was interesting. Um, my ex-boyfriend that was not the guy that I got pregnant with, we had a conversation about um the past relationship that I um, was in with the guy that I got pregnant with. And he's like, I don't even know if you're really over it. And I told him, I was like, no, you don't understand. Like I am over that guy, but I'm not necessarily over the fact that I lost a child. So anyways, it definitely brought back some emotions having to speak it out loud. And especially knowing that it was going to be (laughs) broadcasted to whoever listens to it, um, I think brought up some emotions. And then also, I just want to be very transparent. I think starting this podcast um, has been stretching for sure because I am such a perfectionist. I am an Enneagram one to the freaking max and I want to do everything perfectly. Um, And this podcast is so far from imperfect. I'm literally recording it on my Mac without a microphone. And I know the sound quality is not good and it is irking me. So I just appreciate whoever's listening um, forgiving me that the sound quality is not the best. But that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is not, you know, the best sounding quality. The point of this podcast is to be raw and authentic. And so I think not having perfect uh, audio is probably a testament to that. But your girl bought microphones. So in the coming episodes, you will hear a little bit more quality audio. So just bear with me um, as we do this thing. All right. So in part two, I'm really going to dive into the the later years of letting go of building community and so forth. So let's get into it. All right. So as I kind of left off in episode one, I just had moved into my current home that I live now which was totally a God thing telling me, Rebecca, you got to move on literally and figuratively. And so it was just such a blessing from the Lord to get out of that space and to really start fresh. So um, a few things that I learned from grief, from loss, is that it takes time and that you have to be patient with yourself. I think that like the first couple years, 2015 to 16, um, or well, 16 to 17 and 18, those were the years of, (laughs) I have no idea what I was doing, but I was hurting and I wasn't dealing with my crap. And so I would not recommend doing what I did because I kind of just stuffed it down, which is another part of my personality that I 
continuously have to work on. I am a one wing nine. And so I a lot of times do not think my opinion matters. And so I have a hard time expressing it. So I literally even have a hard time expressing my own feelings to myself and admitting them to myself. So I think those years, I did not want to admit how much I was hurting, how much I was holding on to my past, and how I didn't know how to march forward. So I really don't have any words of wisdom for you over those particular years because I was just surviving. I was not necessarily thriving. Um, yeah, it's just really plain and simple. So I would say probably the turning point was 2018. I I think that's around, yeah, that's around the time that I moved into my current house and I kind of like put myself into a place of just trying to get healthier. I always enjoyed working out, but in 2018, I did kind of like a, a detox workout program and that really like reset my mind, I think too. Um, and I also started prayer journaling, which I think that's been the biggest thing that has helped me. I recommend it to anybody. I mean, whether you're going through something really traumatic or just everyday life, because everyday life is dramatic. I mean, it's 2021. Well, you know, we, we got some traumatic things happening. We, we all need to prayer journal and talk to Jesus. Um, but that's really when I started prayer journaling. And I think that is what really um, changed for me. I... I feel like before 2018, I knew Jesus. I I don't actually know exactly when I was saved. That could probably be a that will be a different podcast because I feel like if you grow in a grow up in a Christian home, it's really hard to be like, was I saved then? Was I saved, you know, when I was 16? Was I saved when I was three? You know, whatever. Um, but I, I knew Jesus and I knew that I needed a savior, but I didn't get the big deal with Jesus. So I'm going to explain that a little bit. Um, if you, I'm sure that you might have found this podcast through my Instagram account, The Enough Journal. And when I first started it, that was like a big thing that I kind of um, shared about my story is that growing up. I knew there was God, I knew there was Jesus, but for years I just didn't really get what the big deal was with Jesus. I And I think it equates to, my dad is really great. He's a loving father, he's caring. I got the idea of God being our father, and I know that's not everybody's story because I know there's so many father wounds, and I'm sure I have father wounds, but my dad is so great. Um but I didn't really get Jesus. Like I didn't spend time in the gospels. I just found that it was kind of weird. Like I knew he died for me, but I don't think I necessarily had a personal relationship with Jesus. I might've known God and I might have um, believed in him and had somewhat of a relationship with him, but I didn't necessarily have a relationship with Jesus. And in 2018, I think that is what the real big shift was, was actually spending time with Jesus. I remember in 2018, I went to this concert and there was a few like worship bands. And I'll just, I'll never forget that moment of 
being in that stadium with thousands of people all singing, all worshiping the Lord. And it was just, it was a moment of surrender and praise. And I think just realization of how much Jesus was carrying me through 2015, 16, 17. And then 2018, it was almost like the emotions and the belief that all of the things I had known all of the, all along and all the things that the Lord was faithful in, it was like he was revealing himself to me. And that's when he just like became very sweet. Um, so I think that was like my biggest thing that I realized in those earlier years of healing and letting go was that Jesus became so real to me. So I would say the biggest thing that I would recommend to anybody going through a hard time is just sitting with Jesus because he he hears us, he knows us, and he cares about us so deeply. And read the Gospels, man. Um, they are life-changing. They will just speak life to you. Um, yeah, started reading the Gospels and that really changed things. So another thing that happened in 2018 was I joined an all-girls small group, which was absolutely life-changing. So in 2000, uh, I don't even know, like 14 or so, I started going to a church that I went to for a couple years and I decided to move on from it, honestly, because I didn't find community there. And um, so I, there was a year or so that I tried a couple different churches, but I just didn't find my people. And that is going to be another podcast that I want to talk about because there are so many great churches and it really is putting yourself in a position where you can serve others. Like it's not about what you can get out of a church, but I do believe there is something to be said about finding a church where you find your people because sometimes you just don't click with everybody. And I feel like a lot of times people will make you feel bad if you don't find your people at a church, but sometimes you just don't find your people at your at a church and that's okay. There's a lot of great churches. Go find another church. If they're preaching the gospel, if they're biblical, go find another church. It'll be great. Anyways, that's a side conversation. So there was a period of time where I was looking for a church and finally found a church that I just felt like was home. And when I first went there, I, um, well, when I first went there, I didn't actually get super involved because that was really right in the crux of just really sad. It was in 2017. I hadn't really dealt with my pain and I was so broken. I kind of touched on this in episode or part one of my story that I was so broken. I couldn't even be friends with people. That was kind of the place that I was at. So there was a, there was some time where I didn't really engage with people. I just kind of went in and went out. But eventually I joined a small group and it was a co-ed small group, um, people from all different age groups, which it was great. But 
I was, I will admit, I totally went there because I was like, I'm going to find my husband there and it's going to be great. Little did I know, like that did not happen. Um, I found a really great friend from there, but did not find my husband and I was not ready at all. So I'm very thankful that that did not, that was not the mission of going to the small group. So I was in it for a year and then I decided, you know what, I need to find girls. I I have not had um, a good group of Christian women in a while, so I just need to do it. And that was the, I think that was the biggest turning point in 2018, finding an all-girls small group and starting to prayer journal, starting to read the gospels more. That is when Jesus really grabbed a hold of my heart and started I feel like really the healing process. So another big piece of advice that I would give if you are going through a hard time or just, again, it's 2021. There's a lot of hard things. It doesn't matter. You don't have to necessarily have a traumatic story. We need community. There, It is said all over scripture and it's pretty evident. We need people. We cannot do life alone. And so find a small group, find people that push you towards Jesus because there's life where Jesus is. And so, yeah, those are what those women, um, were to me. They were life, they were encouragement. Um, and that really changed things. So that small group, it, it was life changing and it was absolutely an answer to prayer. I prayed for community. I was so, just lonely and the Lord really showed up. And through that, I have found my community and my best friends. And I'm so very thankful for that. So I was in small group. And um, so fast forward to 2019. This is something that I didn't really know if I was going to touch on. But I'm keeping it real and this is my story. So I really felt like I had been dealing with my pain and my hurt and I felt pretty good about where I was in life. And I found out that my ex um, was getting married. And it was interesting because at first... I, I kind of laughed about it. There's some circumstances around that that are really interesting that I'm not necessarily going to go into just for privacy purposes, but um, was definitely unexpected that he was getting married um, to this particular person. Um, let's just say I knew her, and so it was just very interesting that they ended up together. And it was so weird because, so I work in the event industry. I've worked hundreds, literally hundreds of weddings and I was working a wedding and I was, I remember I was standing outside waiting for the ceremony to be over. So, you know, there was nothing to do. I was on my phone and I looked on my phone and I saw, because I've, I've grew up with him, lots of mutual friends. I literally um, I, I don't follow anybody, but because we have such so many mutual friends, I, I saw something that he was getting married. And it was just weird thinking about the fact that I was at a, 
a wedding. I was working a wedding and then the guy who I thought I was going to marry was getting married that day. Like it was just a very surreal moment. And let's just be real. When your exes get married, it's hard. I think people don't like to admit it, but I'm here to admit it. It was hard. It was weird. Um, And then there was another level of gravity that, you know, this is someone who I was going to potentially have a child with. Um, It wasn't just some, you know, random boyfriend that I dated for a week. Like it was, it was a big deal. And so I went home and I just, I cried and I cried for the first time that hard in a very long time. And it was, it was surprising because I thought that I was over him. But in those moments, all of these emotions came back up. And I share this because I have had to deal with and honestly be very frustrated with God that like, why did he get married before I did? Because again, like I said in part one, like there's two sides to every story. We were young. I did things wrong. He did things wrong. But he really didn't treat me in the best way. Um from yeah I'll just say that like I I'm like I deserved to have gotten married before he did um and so it was a hard thing to wrap my head around because I didn't like it I was frustrated with God that why did you allow him to get married before I did um but I I've learned a lot from it and so I wanted to be honest and real about that part of my story. I think and I know in those type of situations, it's easy just to assume and put on yourself of, oh, well, I deserve X, Y, Z because I didn't do X, Y, Z. And that's just not how it works. Um, I've realized that it was absolutely the Lord's kindness that – I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't married before my ex got married because I think I needed to realize some things about myself and about the Lord and I wasn't healed completely. And I think through him getting married, that was the push of realizing, hey, like it was not meant to be, you need to completely, completely, completely move on. Because I would definitely was moved on by the time that he got married. But there was still some healing that needed to happen. And so it definitely was the Lord's kindness. But I just wanted to be honest about that because I think it's very easy to be like, oh, it was I was totally fine when he got married or whatever. No, like it's it's not fun. It's not okay. It definitely was very challenging. So I've basically been single for six years. I technically was in a relationship for a month, but that's another story. We're not going to get into that. But I I would say you would that that's a long time. Why have you been single for that long? And Y'all, I I have not wanted to be single. I have wanted to marry. I have wanted to date. But it just hasn't happened. And I can just see the Lord's kindness now that I needed that time to realize how much I was idolizing marriage, how much I was putting 
marriage in this fantasy world that did not exist. There were so many things that the Lord needed to teach me. And has it all been rainbows and butterflies and sunshine? Absolutely not. But six years later, I can say I needed those six years to grow, to heal, to know more about myself, to learn about Jesus. So I'm very thankful for my time of being single and healing. So through this whole experience, I think what the Lord has taught me in my later years is that singleness is a gift. And I literally, literally hate it when people say that. But honestly, it is. It is a season that we have been entrusted with. It is for a purpose and we are not lesser. And over the past probably year and a half, I think I've really realized just how much of a blessing singleness can be. I can do things at a drop of a hat that a married person um, with kids or without kids can't necessarily do. And I, I have realized that I can either squander it or I can use it. And there are moments where I definitely still squander it. But I think in the past, especially year 2020, really made me slow down. And it was a beautiful thing. But just realizing that I can serve people. I can use this time to grow closer to the Lord. I don't know. Singleness is such a gift. And that is another reason why I started my Instagram account, The Enough Journal, because I wanted to talk about miscarriage and being single and being a believer and just navigating that, but also being single and using singleness well and not complaining about it. And I definitely complain about it, but I wanted to be an encouragement that no, like this is our time that we will never get back. Every season we will never get back. Life is short. It is fleeting. It is a vapor. And so Yeah, I just wanted to be an encouragement to women and men of just using our singleness well. So that's pretty much it. That pretty much wraps it up to where I am today. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to part two of my story. I hope it was an encouragement. I hope you keep listening. There's definitely going to be other conversations that do not have to do with just me. There will be other people talking so you don't have to just to listen to, you know, me. So yeah, thanks for tuning in and until next time, bye. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of We Don't Talk About It. You can find me on Instagram at The Enough Journal. We don't talk about it. Until next time.